<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I also like there to be, you know, things that look as if they don't belong. I don't want everything to be too perfect or too matchy. You know, I like there to be a surprise. Hi, welcome to Being Home with Hunker. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman. Oh, to have the eye of interior stylist Hillary Robertson. Everything she puts together is mwah, chef's kiss. I can't tell you how many times over the past years I've seen an image on Instagram, in a catalog, or in a magazine that I've loved. And when I've investigated, I've come to find out that Hillary Robertson is behind it. Hillary is an interiors expert, so that means that she's involved with creative direction, art direction, interior styling, product development. I personally have an eye on one of her gorgeous chain links that you can find online at Bloomist. And she's also an author of five books, including Monochrome Home and her latest Nomad at Home, which examines the influence of travel on home design. Her client list is vast and includes Crate and Barrel, West Elm, Town and Country, Vogue Living, and Metro metropolitan home to name a few. I was so delighted when Hillary said yes to being a guest on this podcast, but then my delight multiplied tenfold when the day before I was to talk with her, I found out that she's also the style director for Leanne Ford's new magazine, Feel Free. If you want to know more about that magazine, you can listen to the latest interview I just did with Leanne. It all came together so beautifully because I was able to talk with Hillary about her work with the magazine, along with her latest book, Nomad at Home, the impact of travel in her life, and so much more. I just loved meeting and talking with her. She is true grace and style. So let's welcome our guest, interiors expert, Hillary Robertson. I wanted to talk to you about your book, Nomad at Home. Yeah. But before we do, I want to say congratulations on your role as style director for Leanne Ford's new magazine, Feel Free. Thank you. Yes, it's really fun. I mean, Leanne have been, and I have been working together, I don't know, for I guess like four or five years on 
shoots for her collection and um I don't know we just get on really well so it's always fun to work with a friend Okay, a couple of things I'm wondering here. Mm-hmm. You work together as a stylist with her projects? Yeah, so basically my books are part of what I do. My background's in magazines. Right. So that's where I kind of learned my trade as a stylist, but really as an editor. Okay. So, you know, covering trends and then maybe going to Maison L'Objet, the big interiors trade show in Paris, and then bringing back the trends and then translating those for the readers of magazines into sets or market pieces or think pieces or whatever it might be. And I am slightly unusual in that I both write and design. Right. And there are people who do that in England, but not so many, really not so many here. Yeah. And it's hard to have a background in magazines here now because there aren't enough magazines. It's so true. It is so true. So your role as a style director Mm. on Feel Free, what does that mean? What are you doing with the magazine? Basically, I mean, I suppose I'm just a sort of deputy editor looking for ideas, gathering ideas, executing ideas. I mean, that's what I know how to do. Yeah. You know, hiring photographers, deciding how we're going to shoot, you know, how we're going to present the story, whether it's a long story, a short story, what kind of story it is. Yeah. You know, making those connections, art directing, all that stuff. Okay. It sounds like so much fun. And yeah, is it? Yes? It is. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I heard that you and Leanne were talking about which has to do with the name of the magazine, is helping people feel freedom to create yeah. and anti-perfectionism, allowing ourselves to make mistakes, which I'd love for you to talk about. First, I wanted to hear, is this something that was modeled to you in your childhood? Oh, gosh. I, no, no, not really. I mean, my mother's a musician, actually. Mm. So if anything, probably the opposite. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Wait, what does she play? What's her instrument? She's a pianist and a singer. Okay. And she had a choir for 55 years or something. So Okay. Wow. So not modeled no. by your musician mom. No. No, I had two perfectionist parents, to be honest. So then how did you find it within yourself to go against the grain and embrace the mistakes? And I think you had mentioned what you call the beautiful oops. Is that Oh, that's Leanne's phrase, yeah. It's okay. Basically, it's about taking, you know, things that happen accidentally and turning it into something else. I mean, yeah. the Surrealists talked about as our objective, objective chance. So basically, in a sense, that's just as good a reason as any to, to make something, to embrace that instead of thinking, oh dear, I smashed my mirror. Mm. This friend of Leanne's put the mirror back together in a really interesting mosaic kind of way. Okay. You know, just thinking out of the box, basically. Yeah. So did you have artists or writers, any type of creatives? I mean, yes. My father, he was a university professor, and he wrote a column for a magazine and wrote in the newspapers in his sort of spare time. You know, I mean, I just grew up with, you know, lots of creative people around me. Yeah. But I also lived in a very, you know, kind of normal, boring, suburban place outside London. And, you know, we had a big mixture of friends and family and we traveled a lot. You know, both my parents were teachers. So, yeah, I was always aware of friends who did interesting things. Yeah. So you mentioned that you grew up, you said it was, I don't know if you said it was boring. You said it was suburban. What? Oh, right. Okay. 
<laughs> no, I'm a metropolitan person. I like to be in a city. Mm. We live just outside London. It was very accessible. But even from the age of about, I think about 10, I was going on the bus with my friends who walk around London just for the hell of it. Ooh. Go shopping or look at houses or go to museums or whatever. So I was very adventurous and I liked to get to the city as much as I could. My stimulus is that. I do like to be, you know, in the countryside and nature as well, but I couldn't live without a city. Couldn't live without a city. So let's get to talking about your book because I feel like this ties in with it, Nomad at Home. Yeah. I have a copy. It is so beautiful. I just want to live within the pages. (laughs) I want to sit in the chairs or out along the garden or just like touching the walls. It's so beautiful, Hillary. So this book, for anyone who hasn't picked it up yet, it examines the influence of travel on home design. So can you talk a bit about what the inspiration was behind the book? Yes. I mean, I am a sort of restless traveler. Every time I go somewhere, I always think, oh, can I live here? Even if it's not really remotely possible, I always think about it. If it's somewhere that I like or connect with, And I always end up looking at real estate. My husband's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of friends who have figured out how to move to other places. And I also think the travel influence in design is huge. I think especially at the moment after people haven't been able to travel for a long time. Right. So I think our wanderlust is probably at a height. But also there are so many interesting ways to stay in Airbnbs or we don't just have to stay in hotels now. So I think that means that the influence of, you know, the materials in a place like Morocco or Italy, you know, there's there's also those things are more accessible to us. And we see them when we travel, when we stay in hotels. You know, you can either take that all home with you or you, you know, if you're like me, you start thinking about how you could live somewhere else. Always as a child, I wanted to live somewhere else, always. You did. And did you have a chance to travel a lot when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something about that in your book. It sounded like you were having some summers living with other families. Yeah, well, my parents, I mean, you know, they were both, my father at university, my mother taught in a school, so they had long holidays. So, yeah, you know, we would travel always and and you know it's very easy when you live in Europe it's very easy to get to France it's very easy to get to Italy right it's a two-hour flight but we used to drive yeah and yes it's very common when you learn language in England that you go and stay with a family you do what we call an exchange ask the school organize that so yeah I did that I actually did it with my mother's with the exchange family that she exchanged with when she was probably like 13 or 14. Oh, wow. So, you know, I did the same in Germany and, um, we, you know, we traveled a lot. And my father worked in Scandinavia, not all the time, but in holidays. And I would go with him. I went to school in Denmark. And then later in life, I lived in Denmark. I lived in Copenhagen. I lived also in the north of Denmark, in Jutland. Hmm. So, you know, I speak several languages and um, that's what I like to do. And you're based in Brooklyn. Yes. And then you also have a home in Connecticut, which is featured in Nomad at Home. Yeah. Yeah. It was in Martha Stewart living as well. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
Well, that's with my husband because he's a country person and I'm a city person. So okay. oh. he needs a garden and he, he never stops. He's, he doesn't sit still. So he has to have a big garden to work, build things. And, yeah. Yeah. So he had an upstate home and then that was a little too far. So once Gus, my son, was about 12, he didn't really want to go anymore. So we found this magical place in Connecticut. It's really quite special. And it was owned, has a really interesting history. It was owned by a gay couple in the, I suppose, late 50s, early 60s, who put mm. it together. They were both photographers, which is quite funny. Yeah. And I found an archive of their negatives and prints in the garage because the guy we bought it from was only the second owner ever of the house. And he didn't really know what he had. Wow. I feel connected to the house meant to be. So do you find that since you have this house in Connecticut, you live in Brooklyn, do you not travel as much since you have this place to go to? You travel as much. Just as much. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, a lot of my work on set, on shoots, is not in New York. I travel a lot for work. Right. But also, you know, when I'm shooting books and editorial stories and whatever, I'm always traveling. Yeah. But this summer, I took, I took more time off because I've been really doing two jobs for the past couple of years because I'll write my book at the weekends and do my set work in the week. So it's pretty full <laughs> on. Yeah, keeping busy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I read in your bio that says Hillary has not been able to resist moving other people's <laughs> furniture around since her mother allowed her to redecorate her childhood bedroom, age eight, yeah. which I love. So has this just been an innate need and then also a talent that started, you know, back when you were eight? Yeah. I mean, my mother is actually very elegant and has excellent taste and was always very interested in design and was always beautifully turned out. So I was always interested in those aesthetic 
interests of hers, you know? Yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit about styling with you, interiors styling. Yeah. So as you're working, do you have any rules of your own that you follow? I mean, I don't like the idea of a rule. Okay. I have some habits or an approach. Oh, let's go. I, I love habits. Go. Yeah. So really, is what I'm looking for. A, it starts with the light. So, you know, when we're working on shoots, you know, it doesn't matter how beautiful the room is. Mm. If the light isn't beautiful and that's what creates mood, then that's what I'm collaborating with the photographer. Yeah. But then I sort of try to make a shape with interest so it's like a triangle okay so your art travels up and down and across Mm. i would say that that idea of making this triangle for the eye to travel is i think i always do that that's so neat so when you say a triangle are you saying that you're imagining how it looks in an image and that's where we see like a triangle if we frame up a room you've got the ceiling the floor whatever is in the middle Mm -hmm. It's all about your eye must travel around the picture. I feel that's what I'm looking for, to make this shape. Otherwise, a lot of it is instinct, you know, and that is based on references from movies and books and Mm. illustration and paintings and everything you've ever seen in your life because your eye is a camera, basically. Right. I also like there to be, you know, things that look as if they don't belong. I don't want everything to be too perfect or too matchy or too, you know, I like there to be a surprise. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. It depends depends who you're working with. Right. It's so interesting because I hadn't thought that you would start with light. Yeah. That's really cool. Yes. So is that something that's super important to you in your own space? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love a dark color on a wall or dark texture. As long as there is ambient light, Mm. I just can't live anywhere dark. Light is very important to me. So are you like, I need a candle over here and a table lamp and then another floor lamp and then... Yes. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, definitely when it comes to that kind of lighting, yeah. Yeah. I I hardly ever use any overhead lighting. In fact, I don't have overhead lights. None. Ooh, okay. And then where you live, like say when you bought your place in Connecticut, the light and the windows, that was important to you? Yeah. I mean, just magic. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that on a daily basis will delight me you know even on a bad day if I can see some magic light and maybe shoot it on my phone camera that makes me happy magic light I love that when you're decorating when you're doing interior styling work do you think in terms of trends or are trends never a thing for you I enjoy trends I think trends are really fun I mean I'm an Aquarian and for me you know, I live in the future. I feel like that's my nature. So what do you think's coming up in the new year? Do you have your own predictions of trends? I, I mean, you know, I usually will find there's like colors that I'm gravitating towards okay. and, you know, textures, colors. Ooh. Um, there are also things that I always like. Oh, okay. Like what? I mean, at the moment, I'm working with a lot of Lime paints. I love lime paints. I'm going to actually collaborate with a company that makes lime paint and do my own colors. Beautiful. I've always been obsessed with, you know, plaster and concrete, stone, 
And I mean, those kind of surfaces, I talk about that in the book, actually. Mm -hmm. Love concrete. Yes. I think that, you know, for me, neutrals are always going to be interesting. You know, I have my book, Monochrome Home, and I still Mm -hmm. love that look, but I can't quite resist playing with color too. Right. Unlike Leanne. I mean, she she does enjoy some color. She's loving some color in. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is it about lime paint that you love so much? And can you describe lime paint? Well, basically, it's made from slaked lime and mixed with water. So it's very eco-friendly. No VOCs can come in powdered form and you, you mix it yourself. It lasts forever. You don't have to think about, you know, it's very difficult to get rid of conventional paint. But it's harder work because it has movement in it Mm. and so you have to learn how you want to apply it so you know it's not you know rollering on something okay you have to work a bit harder but it's very beautiful and you know the way light falls on it you know there's there's some shadows and some movement but you can choose how much of that you want i don't like it to be too crazy but i do really enjoy the way light falls on it so it's very matte and subtle, you know, the pigments that you add to make the color, they look natural. They look as if they're yes. from the natural world, not synthetic. I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, yeah. They really are beautiful. And that's exciting that you have your own paint line coming out. You're working with a paint line on it. Yeah, it's been on the cards for a long time. And so, I, but I've been using their products a lot. And I love using them because especially in a space that's quite cold and modern, mm. It just gives it some, you know, some depth. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's all just so beautiful. And as you mentioned, you do talk about this in your book, Nomad at Home. And again, the photos are gorgeous. People are going to want to just step inside these places. How did you find the places that you photographed and featured? That's my editorial training from magazines and newspapers. Okay. I mean, people always ask me that, and I think, well, it's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I meet people at design shows, mm. you know, through all the things that I do, um, makers, artists, designers, and I'm always curious about where people live. Um, I think that several people in the book have been able to live in a new place because they are running as a Airbnb or a mm. small hotel. Right. But usually these people are also, you know, design people who they've embraced the place and the style and that becomes their sort of way of life so there's a couple colin and september moore they were in um, my book stuff of life as well they always have like at least two properties that they're renovating Mm -hmm. they had a beautiful place which they ran i think probably for about it must have been at least 10 years and then they sold that via instagram actually wow and now they have an incredible place in Mallorca that they've almost finished that's stunning and I can't wait to do another book so I can put it in there. When you do a book how long do you prep for it? How long does it normally take for you from conception to publication? Normally I'm pretty quick but the last one was really difficult because I started it before lockdown. Mm. I was in Italy shooting in Rome and everyone started to get nervous about COVID and I was supposed to go off to Rome to Sicily. And my husband was like, you've got to come home. You've got to come. Home. You've got to come home. 
so so that book actually was interrupted for about really almost for like two years actually right so it is a long time coming that one hmm. really much much quicker usually i'll take maybe max max a year to do a book wow amazing but i always know what the next one is really and i've always already worked on the locations and but doing the locations is like running a war i don't have an infinite budget and i do all the production myself mm, right so it's it's really horrible actually that part of it's really hard because it's just figuring out if I can get myself and the photographer to the places we need to go, time frame that we can afford, you know, so yeah, it's rough. I mean, sometimes I wish I wasn't doing it, but it's always all right at the end. It seems like it's something so glamorous, though. Oh, no. It really does. <laughs> it is a very lovely way of life. Yeah. And I meet incredible people. I'm interested in, you know, why they do what they do and how they did it. Yeah, it's so interesting. I bet. And you like to peek into their homes. Of course. Yeah. Right? So fun. <laughs> I think that's why so many readers love design books, because you're giving us access into people's homes or to their backyard. It's yeah. just fun to see. Okay, so I want to do a couple of fill-in-the-blank questions with you that are about styling. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is, I could never go wrong if I style a room with... Mm-hmm. Lime paint. Okay, beautiful. My favorite objects to use when styling are... Mm, ceramics. Ceramics. I mean, handmade. Okay. Do you have favorite ceramicists, or do you just find them wherever you go? I kind of find them wherever I go. I mean, yes. I mean, I was just in um, Greece and I found this guy called Todd Marshard, who's American but lives in this little hilltop town in Paris. Mm. Incredible, beautiful work. I mean, honestly, there's an explosion of beautiful ceramic. So many good people. For me, the most important thing is the envelope of the roof. So it's the floor Mm -hmm. and the walls. And it's how that envelope comes together because you know if you have a horrible floor doesn't matter how great the walls are that is really important i mean if you're in a rental maybe you can throw some rugs down i certainly done that in the past right but i don't have my ideal floors my ideal floors would be denison limed oak floors are you familiar with those no say the name of those floors again listen d-i-n-e-s-e-n okay they make a sort of it's a kind of floor treatment that sort of whitewashes your floors. Mm. They have a couple of ways of doing it, but I like pale floors. You do? Yeah. Or I will paint them. I mean, I'll just paint white. But that's very important to me, the envelope of the room. So that's where I would start. The envelope of the room. I love that expression. Yeah. For me, that's very important. Love it. Okay. My favorite materials to mix together are... Oh, I do love concrete. I like like rough and smooth. So, you know, a concrete wall with there's also wood and there's also softness in a shaggy rug or silk or something that bounces light around, matte and shiny and rough and smooth. I think a mixture of textiles. And you can do that completely in monochrome and it'll look stunning. Oh, that's what I really like, the tension between the textures. 
Beautiful. Okay. My design styling philosophy is... Ooh. Mm, mix it up. I hate just one period or one note or one... I mean, I love old and new and things that you found. Mm. I have a painting in my living room that my husband just found on the street. And then I have a very expensive painting behind me that a friend made and I saved up for. You know, high and low, just mix everything. Mix everything. I love it. Okay. And then my final question to you is, our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. What does being home mean to you? Ooh, that's a really good question. For me, it's a feeling because I, I like, as we've established, I like moving around. But I have lived in my place in Brooklyn for 12 years. I think home is just a mixture of things that you really want to look at and touch and that feel really comfortable. I love that feeling of, you know, your eye wandering around the room and seeing things by friends or, you know, books that you love or just everything you love in one place. Mm, I love it. You're delightful, Hillary. I know so many people respect you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so many re- people respect you and your talent and your vision and your books. And and now a new magazine for us to all look at. I know. So exciting. I'm so excited about this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We've got so many ideas. So. I bet. This is very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me on this podcast. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. To learn more about Hillary, visit her website, HillaryRobertson.com, or find her on Instagram at Hillary Robertson. And you can find Feel Free on all major newsstands across the U.S. and Canada. Also in our show notes, you can discover other episodes we think you might like, particularly my recent conversation with Leanne Ford about Feel Free Magazine and creativity. Oh, and one note, since this conversation, Hillary and her husband sold the Connecticut house. They're now on the adventure of finding a new place to call home. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunger's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. Well, hey there. Oh, I didn't see you there. Hi. <laughs> we are? Should we do it? Okay. Let's see.